Oh, we didn't? Okay. Well, we're joining yeah. late on this particular uh, podcast. Uh, we've been talking about uh, uh, Christmas hats. Uh, <laughs> and with Christmas hats, some of us have some uh, pretty interesting ideas of what kind of hats we ought to be wearing this season. But regardless, we are uh, glad you're tuning in for us today, for those of you who are joining us. I'm glad that at least Tom we know is on drugs, but the rest <laughs> have something in their coffee. Tom has an excuse, huh? I think he looks very suave in it. It's a, it's a good look. <laughs> All right. So I was going to tell you guys, uh, this uh, maybe a little bit off subject, but uh, I watched a movie last night. Uh, I thought it was very entertaining and, and kind of struck a, struck a, a, a like I felt very uh, comfortable in it, I guess. It's called Small Group. It's a Christian kind of movie about a guy that uh, uh, is trying to do undercover Christian work to, to prove the hypocrisy of, of Christians. You know, he's going to do a doc documentary and he Excellent. ends up joining a small group and, and these people are doing life together and stuff. I thought it was pretty good. If you, if you guys see it on Prime or something. Uh, it was just an entertaining movie, and uh, I could relate to it a lot. Of, you know, a lot of you know, like us joking around a little bit, but yet, uh, and yet, still bearing each other's burdens and and yeah. uh, and live, doing life together. Is it on Prime? Did you say on Prime Video? It's on Prime, Amazon Prime. Okay, good. I, I happened to run across it on Facebook ad or something. I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll just watch it. Okay, um, it's, great. You know, it's a Christian movie, and. Uh, but I thought it was very good. Good. We enjoyed it. Yeah, sounds good. Does it, uh, you know, when we think of Advent, we think of what God promised in Isaiah 2. Uh, how does that relate to what happened the first time Christ came? Did that ring any bells or anything? And the answer is no. It did. Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. It, 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 seems like it's, it, it seems like this particular passage is more a, a vision of what will happen in the future. It's yet to happen. I think is that the, the one that starts out comfort, comfort? That's the next one. Okay. This one is the, is the one about the... the uh, um, in the last days. Yeah, the last days. The last days. The mountain of the Lord uh, will it will be chief among the mountains. It'll be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Basically, it, it seems to indicate a change in the in the way that our you know right now. If you look at for those who went to Jerusalem, you know that it, Jerusalem is 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 on a little mountain, but it's it's nothing. It, it, we went to the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives overlooks. It's higher. Yeah. It's higher than the mount than than the the. Uh, than Jerusalem itself. And yet what we hear here is that at some point, whether it's whether he's speaking figuratively or literally, it would appear that perhaps it's literal that the mountain will be raised up and that Jerusalem will be on the top of it. It will be the it's either going to be the highest mountain or all the mountains are going to fall down, one of the two, I don't know what, if it's physical. Right. But there is coming a time when all that's going to happen, and 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 then to roll into that, the next you know the next reading was Isaiah forty, which is talking about 
comfort ye my people and uh, speak comfort to them. And it says every valley will be filled and every mountain will be brought low. And, it, you know, he talks about the wilderness will be made, uh, you know, the crooked will be made straight. Um, by the way, you know, they, they say that uh, the best way to memorize scripture is often have it set to music. All you have to do is listen to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. This is a tenor aria that is in the, and it's, it's literally word for word right out of the King James. You can, you could basically quote a whole bunch of scripture just by memorizing the Messiah, listening to it. So anyhow. Val and that comfort, comfort. I, yep. I just happened, it was just coincidentally in a, the plan that I, the daily plan that I'm reading right now this morning, you said talking me, about, yeah. it talked about the word comfort, the, the original origins of that word. Uh, it means come together in strength. Mm, good. And then it talks about, you know, Christ coming then. So it's like, uh, it's a whole different, it gave me a different perspective in those words as opposed to where it just says comfort, comfort. You just, you know, you don't really think about, I didn't at least think about come together in strength. Yeah. So how does that, how, how would that work for us? Any ideas? You see, it really meant a lot to you. <laughs> All of us in our reading. Well, it's a, that come together would be just like what we're doing now. Yeah. And share yeah. each other's burden. Yeah. We've been praying for Keith. We're praying for Tom. We prayed for Jim. Prayed for Rich. Pray for Denny's, Mike's situation, Giuseppe's situation, we're, we're, George's, we're, we're carrying each other's burden, right? We get together, what do we do? We say, hey, what's going on? How's it happening? And then we pray and we, and we, and we hopefully help each other if we need help. The verse of the do. day. The verse of the day is carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will f- fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah, that's great. That's not Galatians. Yeah, good. Sometimes it's easier to carry a burden if you got someone to share it with, isn't it? No doubt. Sure. Even if like all they're doing is go ahead. Iron sorry. sharpens iron. No. I'm sorry, Dan, I, I didn't catch it. I was well, talking. And, you know, as it says, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, mm. we, we, we uh, help each other and, and uh, console each other. And, and uh, a lot of times we can teach each other, you know. We... Yeah, 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 there's a... You know, it's interesting to hear, to read this perspective on this comfort ye and, and to think about what it meant in the fact that um, for, in Isaiah's time, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the, the Babylonian kingdom falls and um, the Persian, Medo-Persian empire uh, takes over and allows for the people of God to come back and to rebuild and they really literally are rebuilding the walls. They're repaving the streets. They're doing all the things that are necessary for that to happen. But it's still not the same 
it's still not a, a full, complete fulfillment of, of Isaiah 40. And then you then and then you come to the New Testament in Matthew chapter three, and you hear John the Baptist quoting from this passage, saying, "I'm the forebearer. I'm the one who's going for. I'm the herald." that's doing this and we're in the process and the process begins it hasn't finished yet there'll come a time when we know that according to, to peter that at some point in time the entire world is going to be remade to be renewed by fire and uh and i believe the mountains will be laid made low i think the valleys will be filled in i think it'll be a lot better place to walk hopefully it doesn't lose the beauty of the place i'm sure god has in mind something that's probably even more beautiful than what we have today but that's what it is the original meaning is they lived in exile far from jerusalem now they're coming back to it but think about what think about what what it is with john the baptist's role in christ coming what's that the passage here says, uh, the question is, what stands out to you when you look at this passage through different lenses? Do you remember what John, John or what Matthew 3 is all about? Did anyone take the time to check it out? Okay, that's all right. Let's talk about his clothing and his message. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> He's foretelling. Yeah, it's, for, it's almost exactly the same, as I recall. Yep. Yep. I think the, 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 the differences um, in Matthew 3, when you're looking at the kind of where all of the uh, Jews ended up, is religion has a tendency to, to have a pattern. We go to church, we follow the pattern, we do what we, what's expected of us to do. Um, we're following more of a system. We're not really following our hearts or the spirit of God. And um, okay. it's like getting a fix. You know, I, I go to church on Sunday and I, I got my fix for the week. Well, it's not the fix for the week. It's what I'm doing every day, 24 seven. Mm -hmm. um, and John, it was at the point of where the Jews were just, you know, 400 and some years later, finally God's going to deal with his people. Yeah. And they're, they're just, they're in corruption. They're, uh, the religious people are, are as corrupt as anybody. Um, and, but they're following a system. They were maybe even born in that system. And they just, you know, no one's changing anything. They just continue in that path. And yeah, I might have a nice building on the outside and it, the facade looks great. And, and, you know, oh, he's walking just right. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm following yeah. a pattern. I have a religious appearance, but it takes John to tell me that I'm wrong and that I'm a sinner. He had to call out the main religious people at the time mm -hmm. when you think about it. But they were looking for three different, he said, are, the people came and asked, are you that prophet? Are you Elijah? Or are you the Messiah? They asked John. And so they were looking for 
one of those three. Moses said, there'll be a prophet among you that's risen like, like me among you. That's, you know, they, they were following what they thought. The big, big thing is God does have, hmm, does, has a way he does things. It's just, there are definite, definite patterns. He has, you know, the Jews look for, Jews look for patterns in scripture. How does God deal with things? How does he do things? So they were looking for that. They just didn't put it all together. Now, how? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not they sure we looking, do this. They were looking for the wrong one, according to their desire rather than to the desire of God. Yeah, because they didn't know what the God's desire was. He didn't really, <laughs> they didn't really realize that they were always out of, you know, he was looking for a complete restoration of them. Right. You know, the, the fascinating thing about this is if you've known any, um, maybe through, I have met, you know, real strong Orthodox, Orthodox Jews, <clears throat> and you understand that some of them don't even want to look at the book of Isaiah. <laughs> there's certain books, they'll go back to the Torah, they'll do, they'll take some out uh, of Psalm, that bits and pieces, and um uh, when you look at the totality of the prophets, Jesus, the, everything is there. Yep. And they just don't want to look at it. And, and this, the sad part about it is some of these gentlemen are so strong in scripture of the Torah, you know, um, all the five books and, and then bits and pieces of the other parts. And um, the, the, when you look at them and you're going, I, they just they spend all the time in the world doing that, but the problem is they've missed the boat. They yeah. they missed the, the real signs, um, and yeah. how prophetically God works through the prophets over generations. Um, it's it's interesting. That, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I'm done. I'm sorry. I no, you're good. <laughs> you're good, man. Good day. <laughs> I was just going to, you know, tie into what you were saying about the fact that, you know, they they tend to cherry pick the areas that, that they're comfortable with. And the areas that they're uncomfortable with, they have a very unique way of reading it. They'll apply to, you know, they'll apply Messianic passages to themselves, to, to, the, to the, the Israelite nation, the Jewish nation, versus applying it to Messiah. But this yeah. isn't a unique thing for Jews, right? Gonna say. No, it's not. Okay, <laughs> yeah. just wanted to make sure. <laughs> no, just, I think we're, we're all we're point, all I'm pointing. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was something in the candy for a second there. <laughs> no, the point is, is that you. It's some of them that weren't so st strong. You know, the the, Le the Levitical order. Let's put it. Let's call it that. They they were looking for something else. Because they knew what they've been doing obviously isn't working for they've been t carried away generations and generations. So there were people that had to be, there's got to be someone else coming. It's, they knew what some of the other prophets have said. And they, they, they so they asked John. Um, yeah, in fact, if you look at Luke chapter 3, you'll see that, um, uh, that he's preaching ba baptism of repentance and for the forgiveness of sins. And then it goes on, uh, the, Luke, the writer, says uh, that he says, as it was written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill made low. 
the crooked roads will become straight and the rough ways smooth and all mankind will see the salvation of God. And then he goes on to say, oh, by the way, you brood of vipers. <laughs> in talking to the religious people, you know, he, he nails them. And I think the issue is the it, Keith, it's the lenses that we all tend to, to, to read scripture through. And it's when we're challenged to, to re, you know, to remove the lenses that we're most comfortable with and sometimes put on uncomfortable lenses that we get right. a whole different perspective. Yep. Yeah, I think, Val, you said it really earlier when you said our past. We, we, we had a vision in our path what it was going to look like. Oh, yeah. God gets involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you I, know. I, hate to, I hate to tell you that <laughs> I had a vision of what I wanted to have happen at one church. And we were, we were building the building. And we got to the point where we were going to uh, carpet the auditorium. Yeah. And uh, they offered us uh, uh, markers to go in and to write, you know, uh, prayer requests or, you know, things that we thought God was going to do. And, uh, and in some cases, there were people that literally said, this is the seat I want my brother to come in and, and to hear the word of God. And other, you know, and in some cases, God just, the, the first day we opened that auditorium up, it was that first week or two, it was amazing the number of people that came and the number of prayers that were answered that were there. I have to tell you that my prayer apparently was very selfish because it didn't happen. <laughs> I, I had visions of what I thought God was going to do at that place with us and it, if it happened, it didn't happen with me, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, there are times when our plans are not God's plans at all. Hmm. You know. Maybe you're laying the foundation for that plan. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I kind of wonder um, how difficult it was to follow God's plan without the Bible in that time. Like, you didn't really, you had to hear it from somebody because there wasn't a lot of reading, right? Early yeah, on. Yeah. Very few people could actually read. So you had to hear it like second, third, fourth hand. You ever play that game like Telestrations where you say something and then the eighth person that has it is not even close? You know, the problem you know? with you youngsters <laughs> is that you don't know the name of the game. The name of the game is Post Office. Yes. Oh, that'd be fine. But now we have technology, so it's, a it's different like game, bro. television. Yeah. Sense for normal person matter. The tell the okay. So telestrations is a word and a picture, and they shoot together. Oh, yeah. okay. Different game. So it's a little different, but that's the point. Is the same. It's it's sure. the that's word good. of mouth. It doesn't carry through. I think probably song and verse probably carries through. And so the, it'll, well, that's yeah, a good I think, way to communicate. But I, I think that when it comes to the, the the older, you know, these tribes that were oral, that had oral traditions, they were very careful in the way that they learned the oral history and the way that mm -hmm. they recited it. It was, in fact, if you read, remember when we read Matthew, maybe you don't remember this, but there's the way that the, the genealogy is put together, it's put together in a way that allows them to remember it fairly easy, easier than just a list of names. It's, it's, it's divided up into groups. 
and the groups have the same number of, of uh, names in it. And so it becomes a, a, a pattern, a way of learning. Uh, I was, I, I once met a missionary that was, uh, I think he was working with the, uh, some of the local uh, people that on, on, in Micronesia, and they had what they called a history stick. The story of the, your life was carved into a stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stick, yep. uh, by just by feeling and looking at the stick, you could tell the history, the whole entire history of that family up to that I, person. I know that totem poles are like that. That's what that purpose yeah. of totem poles are. Yeah. Um, but I just, I was kind of trying to imagine if I didn't have the Bible, in front of me to reference how how strong would my faith be without the bible that's Jeremy. a good question you know remember we read mm-hmm. exodus uh the first mm-hmm. two three chapters and it talked about the midwives yeah that they trusted god and they knew what god wanted them to do i mean that they didn't have the written word up, up, at that point right no, it had yeah. to be a best no, old tradition. yeah to me that would be amazing to stay on track with god without a bible I think I think there's quite a few believers that barely use the Bible, but they're believers. Uh, in fact, that's very brought up in a family like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. Well, but, but the, yeah, yeah. Well, we have. I mean, you you. It's kind of like a safety net. You know, it's there. You know, I you can use it. Extremely rude, but if you're a Catholic, it would be quite surprising that you read the Bible. <laughs> Mm. At least, uh, you know, years ago. And, and ah, they're still more. pretty bad that way. <laughs> <laughs> they, I know there are Bible study groups in the Catholic Church, but, you know, it might depend. It might not be as, as many as, say, in a... Yeah, well, I'm, okay, I'm thinking more of my mother who had a, you know, had the gigantic Catholic Bible, you know, six inches thick. And oh, yeah. It was never, I got it, I have it. Uh, it was never opened except to write the names of the christenings. And uh, that was it, because they were told not to read it. Don't read that. You'll just get all mixed up. <laughs> well, mess you it's up. true. That's absolutely true. You can find lots of Catholics who will tell you that. I'll tell you, though, I've you ever... watched some shows on, on the Catholic channel, EWTN, that I swear were... I would swear they were evangelical shows. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they, it, like you said, it has changed. There and there are evangelical uh, Catholics, but that's pretty rare. Um, hey guys, I'm here because my uncle, who's a priest, I taught in seminary. <laughs> so, yeah, but you're the priest. Was, he he, he yeah, told his people heard, not to not, read. I'll bet you. I'll bet he yeah. did. In the fifties, I'll bet he told them don't read the Bible. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's what they were told. They were told to do. They were. You went to catechism and you were told. But see, all of us is basically people that God has awakened our spirits to seek him out. That's what we're doing. That's the difference. Now, we don't know the whole picture, but we're in the process of trying to to find that for ourselves, for the world, for everybody around us. I think, you know, that's the whole, you know, the whole mishmash or whatever. Yeah, before I came to Kensington, I was at a Catholic church, St. John Fisher in Rochester, uh, hills and and we were you know our priest there was you know amazing he was part of our we had a men's bible study uh the women my wife was in a women's bible study with you know 30 or 40 women and that was a couple of the nuns were were in that bible study and uh it was very much bible based now i can tell you you know he he eventually 
you know, retired and he's almost been close to, he's been threatened with like excommunication by the archbishop uh, hmm. if he does any, uh, any preaching hmm. in the area, the Rochester area. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It, it really and, and the church is actually it's pretty much you know almost gone they want to he wants to change it into a it's no longer going to be a parish it's going to be a lectionary or something i'm not sure exactly what that is and mm. it's quite the quite the controversy there and every, mm. almost everybody that's that was there has left wow yeah that's what i'm saying god moves people on he awakens them spirit and then he moves people as they need to grow I believe that. He opens doors for us to learn. Like, I'll give an example. I've been to a Bible study for a long time, and that kind of fizzled, and I looked for a new one. I knew Gary, who knew you guys, and that's how I found you. So I was always in, here. But I'm saying that was my, you know, not that yeah. I wasn't looking to stop. I still do my own, but I said, I need to find some other people that are doing that. You know, that's basically, so it's, um, it's my journey forward. I don't know where the journey ends or where it's going to go next, but I'm at that now. You By know. the way, have you spoken with uh, Gary lately? Uh, I saw him one time a long time ago, but I don't think he knows how to use his iPad well. In this. Yeah, he does. I'm, I'm not I sure. I have his daughter set it up for him, but so yeah. far it hasn't happened. <laughs> so, uh, Speaking of, have you heard about, has anyone heard from Lauren? No. Uh, you know who I'm speaking of? The, yeah. Um, Probably the guys in the band of brothers are probably have the most information about Lauren. I get their emails still, and I'm not saying about him. What about the dentist? That'd be Tom, Tom yeah. uh, DiLoretto. Yeah. I talked to him um, last week, and he was getting, uh, still getting shots for his back. Okay, I just, you know, wonder. Yeah. You had a lot, you had a lot of different guys with that. Um, yeah. Who are you talking about? Tom DiLoretto. Oh, okay. But my point is, is that and this is actually easier for all of us. I mean, we get up and they can clean up. And I miss the donuts, but I don't need the donuts. But anyway, I miss the donuts, <laughs> and I need the donuts. <laughs> He's got the donuts. If I could just get them delivered to my house, you know, that would be great. <laughs> oh well. He's got right behind him there. Just yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah, Keith flipped up from to donuts you. for you. Thank you, Keith. I I hate you. <laughs> my my mouth is watering. Tim Hortons is close, so you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. Speaking of having things delivered, I had a I totally off the subject. Just I was thinking about it. I had a, I had some. Um, I had a door wall put in and windows on either side of the door wall yesterday. And I am very meticulous of writing down times and so forth and scheduling it. So I had no what's happening. So I, my calendar said they were coming at from sometime between noon and four at eight o'clock in the morning, the doorbell rings, they're there. <laughs> and I was dead asleep. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, you're here. Okay. Until <laughs> I got a shower, I'm I'm just not good for anything until I get a shower. Oh, uh, well. 
All right, so God says, uh, comfort ye my people, and there's a huge difference between what happened in Ezekiel's time, uh, well, actually in uh, uh, Ezra's time, and then in John the Baptist's time, and there is a time yet to come when the wilderness will be taken and changed again when Christ returns for the second time and sets up his kingdom. Um, I think our, 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 our situation is, uh, are we ready for that? And are we wishing for that to happen? And, and, and in today's readings, uh, there is a bold, and, and we'll just kind of finish this up with a couple of minutes. It's Isaiah chapter 64. And it, if you read that, uh, first, first nine verses, it says, we wish you would tear down the heavens and come down so that at your presence, the mountains would shake. That's the opening line from the reading. And, you know, I think that what happened is that, again, the Persians came, they terminated the Babylonian control of the Middle East, they allowed people to go back home and everything changed, but everything stayed the same. And then I think the people of God gets up, get upset in Isaiah chapter 65 going, why is it that this isn't happening the way we think it should? Why aren't you doing it the way we, we, we want you to do it? Why aren't you, why are the mountains not coming down the way we thought they should? And then Isaiah does a, God does a, a kind of a thing he does with Job. He says, uh, wait a second. We need to talk about this a little bit. Oh, the questions he asked him. Yeah, he asked some questions. To them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm glad and he didn't again, ask me. Yeah, again, we're put back on our heels. Yeah. You know, and, and Jesus comes and, and God, you know, since did tear the sky apart and Jesus comes to earth, but it's still the same. That's Second Peter. Everything still remains the same. When are you going to, when are you going to do this? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down and the mountains would tremble before you. It's Isaiah chapter 64. Tell you something, it's going to happen. And we're probably not going to be real happy when it does. It's going to happen with fire. It's what uh, Second Peter talks about. Mm -hmm. First, he destroyed the world by a flood. He says he will destroy and recreate the world this, the next time by fire. I used to wonder about that until, in, uh, although as a kid, I grew up with the atom bomb and most of you have atom bomb and so nuclear weapons. And you kind of see how fire could happen very easily and, and change the whole landscape of everything in, in very, with very little effort. And yet we, you know, we're in the midst of a, pandemic we, we talked about four crises that are going on some of us are going when are you going to take charge god and god says don't worry about it i got it don't worry about it i got it it, it will happen in my time frame not yours and i <sighs> i'm I don't know if I'm glad that God's got a time frame or not. Sometimes I wish he'd just do it my way, but I have to trust that he is, he knows better than I do. And I hope that we're learning that as we prepare for his coming, not just the, the celebration of the first time, but he is coming again. He's probably well, like, 
like all you gentlemen, and I don't have any children, but anyway, my point is, is that you have hopes for your children and you keep hoping they reach certain plateaus or reach certain heights and you wait and you pour and you do what you need to do to bring them to that place. You've done that your whole lives. You continue to do it. I'm sure you worry about them now. So that's what you're looking for. You know, and you're not wanting that any should perish. That's what you're doing. You're hoping that they don't, even in their lives of things that happen, right? Hopefully. Like like Tom. Tom's not feeling well, but his mother's hoping that he gets better, that he lives a long time, way past. I remember my grandmother mentioned one time when her, one of her sons died, she says, it's not right that my sons die before me. You know, she was in her, you know, she would be a really old lady like Tom's mom, really an old lady, but she said, it's not right that your son dies before you. <laughs> You know. Yeah, I think most parents uh, would be, uh, that would bother them, you know. We all think that the natural order of things is that uh, our kids will outlive us. And so God's looking for all of us to, some of our, he's looking for all people to be saved so they can't say, oh, I didn't, didn't care, I cared about you, you know. Yep. I think that's why, one reason why when you, when you go to a funeral or you, you know someone that dies when they're young, you just think, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, what's the, what's the plan in that, that, you, that someone's so young that has so full of life and so much ahead of them and they're taken up? You know, yeah, like the kids downtown, downtown, they get shot. You know, guys shoots right. into, the, into the freaking house and a six-year-old gets shot. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, I, I remember I used to ask questions like that. Same thing like you guys. This, uh, if it's a good God, why is, he, why is this going on? Yep. Yep. Still do. Still do. You know, people that are sick, I saw people that are really ill. I'm thinking, and I, you know, this is bad. I'm on the other side. I said, all it needs is God, one touch and they'll be better. One touch. And why aren't you just touching them? Yeah. And that was troubling. Yeah, I would think it'd be very troubling to be a doctor, George. I mean, you know, I mean, even law too, you know. My brother had a recent incident happen to him. I've been praying for him. Mm. You know, it's not a good incident. They broke into his house. So around Christmas here. So that's always a that's a tough thing, man. You feel you feel so violated. Uh, you know what? I'd be honest with you. I thought this is really bad. I'm gonna tell you for how I felt right afterwards. I felt like I wanted to be Don Carleone. Carleone. <laughs> and get a gun and wipe out the entire family if I find out who was it. You know, yeah. come, be honest with me. He put you in a car and you just go. <laughs> the Punisher. So that's not right. George, George the Punisher. Yeah, I'm thinking, so I've been praying for the, you know, praying for the people that did it. Because my wife made the statement, she says, maybe their grandmother's praying for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I'll be honest with you, I had that, I thought about getting a, you know, whatever, being like, what's a Joe Biden's famous thing? All you need is a pump shotgun, just stand at the door and go. <laughs> Nobody's coming in the house. Well, on that note. <laughs> with that note. <laughs> and, you, and, and I'm funny, I'm one of a bunch of guys that got shotguns. Yes, we <laughs> do. Better watch out, you got Rick right below you there. No, but I got <laughs> But I got oh, the donuts. I got the donuts below me. I'm cool. Only bump guy. <laughs> Mine's quiet. Well, up to the point. <laughs> Until it goes you off. Use a pillow. Yeah, use a pillow. <laughs>
<laughs> I think the thing that troubles me is, you know, it says God's going to rectify all things. And I think, how is that even possible? How do you take, he's, you know, somebody? He's a lot bigger the, God, I think, than we think he is. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, there's been a lot of tragedy and different things. I think, how do you rectify all this? It doesn't, I can't imagine. Just, it's hard to put it all together. But yet he can do it. It's hard well, to he's a he's a whole heck of a lot smarter than you and I. Whole lot so smarter. Like, whole lot so like, I've been trying to do more of what Denny mentioned about prayer. Denny mentioned about being, you know, adoration, confession, mm -hmm. thanksgiving, and supplication. Mm -hmm. Being adoration first. God, you're way bigger than I am. Way more smarter than I am. Scripture yep. tells us all things are nothing's impossible for God. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, I used and that's to, a frustrating. You know, How frustrating to, is that? Yeah, I used to worry about certain things. My dad says, "Don't worry, George." He says, "There's always somebody better looking, has more money, and you know whatever. You're smarter than you." Because I see people that are real bright. And I go, "How come I'm not as smart as that guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah or, or, or I, don't I, worry. I don't have as much money as so and so has. So and so, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but. Well, for, for what it's worth, I'll end on this. I, I always go back to Proverbs where it says, God, don't give me, give me enough money so that I don't embarrass you. Yeah. And don't give me any more money than I need so that I don't forget you. Hmm. Yeah, I know. And that's, you know, for a long time, that wasn't my prayer at all. My prayer <laughs> is I wanted it all. Yeah. You know, and as I, as I, over the years, I've, I've come to realize that's a whole... Proverbs prayer is a whole lot better prayer for me. Yeah. Uh, I won't forget who God is and I won't embarrass him. And if I could do those two things, I think I'd have a pretty good life. So. And you, and you still think you're screwed up. Oh, well, I'm, there's no <laughs> doubt that I, listen, I am the Royal jester of the family. I know no. that. I know that I'll have a very funny outfit when every, as compared to everybody else's. No, I don't think so. But I'm getting, you know, just one more thing. You know, the nation, the nations of the world presently are, all nations are two hundred and seventy-seven trillion dollars in debt. Hmm. That's the that's the world debt. Wow. Well, well, somebody owes a lot. Yeah, you can. Who do they owe it to? Uh, the same thing they do here. They just print it. <laughs> yeah. Takes uh, it takes a war. It takes a war to eliminate the debt. Sometimes it is the result of sin. Well, how much of that is the U.S. 277? What's the, what's the U.S.? Um, I'm not sure right now. I don't. I can't I remember. It was, like, it was it was was 22 trillion dollars or something. I can't. 29. Yeah, it's gone way up the last four or five. You know, four, especially this year. So. I can't even think about that much. <laughs> That's why I'm in the lab. They said that guy from Amazon may be the first trillionaire. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. So.